Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. Tom Pizzato. I'm Vicky Hodges. A SpyMovieNavigator.com. And today, along with Derek Lyons, we're going to crack the code of a few Bond movies and more. Lots of great stories, too. So let's go. Hey, Derek, welcome to our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. And we're excited to have you with us today from the UK. You've been at over 100 movies and television shows, and you've appeared in four James Bond movies. And we're excited to have the chance to talk with you today. Daniel, uh, Daniel it's very nice to uh, be invited on your, sh- on your show. I'm quite humbled by it because I'm a mere, you know, little teeny actor in a massive universal film. But uh, yet again, I'm a legend of my lunchtime, apparently. <laughs> hey, Derek, first of all, we want to say we believe that the supporting actors play an important role in movies and TV shows. The supporting actors add to and enhance our experience as a viewer for virtually any key scene. So we thank you so much for the work you've done and what you're doing now that enhances our lives as we watch movies and television and for being with us today too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I mean, obviously, you know, we've supported, I've always got this problem about, uh, it's, it's not an ego problem. It's just really the way, um, especially in the UK, the, with the class system and, you know, the, you know, he's a supporting actor or a background artist and this and that and the other. And, you know, the thing is, uh, the whole history of, 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 of film in this country, you know, most uh, going from the silent movie days right way through, I mean, look at Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. They were silent movie stars. I mean, I'm actually most with the, 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 um, the uh, Z-League, a stroke Charlie Chaplin of, of the uh, 20th, 21st century. I don't know. But the point, the point is that, you know, I, I went into the profession uh, uh, to, uh, to work as an actor. And uh, obviously, I, because I had bills to pay, I just continued. I would become an assistant director or standing in on movies, about four or five movies, doubling people, doing a few stunts here and there because I was going to be a stuntman at one point. So obviously, I, I kind of learned my craft. Uh, and so my peers in those days, are, for example, uh, were more talented, I would say, than the ones who are kind of coming into the business now, because the ones who are coming into the business now want to be famous for five seconds rather than having a career. Ah, all right. That's a pretty good intro for you. So we, <laughs> you know, at spymovienavigator.com, of course, we love spy movies and we love James Bond movies, of course. Yeah. And so tell us about your experience working with the Bond team on movies like Octopussy, A View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, and Goldeneye, all of which you've appeared in. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Goldeneye, sadly, uh, I was meant to be at a casino guest around the, uh, you know, the, the, the table, the roulette table, the casino table. And sadly, uh, um, Mr. Campbell, um, in his wisdom, took me out of that shot. And then I just basically walked past uh, Pierce when uh, he's with um, Franca. Uh, and he says, oh, my name's Bond, James Bond. And I just passed by quickly. But I had two weeks uh, at uh, Leavesden Studio, which was fantastic. And seeing, for example, Pierce after many years, because him, him and I were supporting artists, actors together on a film called The Mirror Cracked. He was, uh, did a scene with Elizabeth Taylor, and I was doing in the same scene, but the next cut which was with uh, uh, Rock Hudson. So we were in the same, we started a kind of similar type of time and his career obviously went up and my career went down. But <laughs> I kept working. But so, uh, as I say, working with Pierce, and I, I remember if you want to go into the GoldenEye story, Pierce was such a lovely guy and I worked with him on the, I think it was the um, uh, Remington Steel. They did it in England for one episode. So I met him on that. I, I was do- dancing with him or in a scene with him not dancing with him, you know, that would be funny. Um, but I was with a, in that scene in, in another film, I think it was either the Holcroft Covenant, Michael Caine, uh, or no, no, the Fourth Protocol, I think it was. And so I got on very well with him, and I never mentioned uh, about us working on um, The Mirror Crack together, even when I met him on GoldenEye. And I went up to him, I said, Pierce, I said, how are you? And I said, I'm really sorry about your, your wife who died a few couple of years ago, cancer. And he looks at me and said, oh, Derek, that's very kind of you. I, must, I really appreciate that. You know? And he was very touched by that. And I've gone very well. And we've got a great picture taken together. And, uh, and I said to Pierce, I said, Pierce, this is the right time for you. You know, go back those few years where you couldn't get out of your contract with Remington Steel. 
you, this is the right time for you, and I wish you all the best. And he, he really appreciated uh, me saying that to him. Yeah, that's great. And what about the the other films you've been in, like Octopussy, If You Do a Kill, Living Daylight? Yeah, uh, so Octopussy was really good. Uh, I was, uh, they chose me. I mean, obviously, we because the, the assistant directors usually, I have a Terry Bamba, Terry Madden, um, whom we worked with on Star Wars many years ago, and they were part of that Bond uh, crew. And I, bas- I basically was, was cast as one of the uh, Air Force Base officers in the big uh, tent mm-hmm. with the bomb with Roger Moore and the rest of all the uh, lovely ladies, um, uh, the models, the pastry girls, etc., who dressed up uh, in their tutus and that kind of jazz. <laughs> and I basically had to react to when Roger, dear Roger, kind of has to uh, disarm the nuclear weapon. Uh, I'm behind him. I have to kind of pull them back. Obviously that what you see and you see me kind of going through that point. At one point I was at the front and then, you know, it's just the way it works sometimes, you know, not because of the, not because of John Glenn or anything like that. It's just the way the scene works. And, uh, I could have been at the very front uh, of that. And I, I wasn't that pushy. I was, I was quite happy to keep back out, out of the way, you know, uh, in respect of that. And obviously, um, yeah, great two weeks at Pinewood and fantastic time. And in View to the Kill, I was uh, in two scenes. I was um, at the race course uh, behind Patrick McNee at the, in the Avenger, the original TV show, The Avengers, great guy, with, I think, Q and M and, and obviously, you know, Roger as Bond. And I was in that scene. And I actually forgot I was in that scene because it was a big call, I think, at uh, one of the race courses. I think it was Kempton Park. And during that time, I got on really well with Grace Jones. I've actually I've got a signed. Um, yeah. You see this? Bloody <laughs> wall. You see this? This is a. Uh, you see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. It, it says it says on there to Derek Love 007 Bond Mayday. Grace Grace Jones. She, she signed that for me. Yeah. Is that a book? Yeah. All right. Um, hey, Derek's holding up a book so, signed by. So what I did is I, I I was passing by one day her, her, her caravan where she was Willie Bago as I called them. So I knocked on the uh, door and she opened the door and she goes hello you know she's I can't remember to do her voice very well and she goes hello I'll let you make an accent and uh, I said hi uh, I said um, would you mind signing this I said come in so it's just me and Grace Jones in the in her um, <laughs> in her caravan you know and. Well, and I think she, I think she has some like water. I had a glass of water with her, and I mentioned uh, that I was very close friends of uh, the late Marvin Gaye. And he said, oh, and he goes, "Oh, do you know this, Derek? I, I actually uh, awarded him with a, a, a um, music award in 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 America for the Sexual Healing album, Midnight Love album." And I said, oh, right, right. So we had a really nice chat. I was there about five ten minutes, just chatting away, and then. It's a shame we didn't have a camera with me because I sometimes have cameras or it would have been great to have a photograph with me. As I was leaving, as I was walking out the door, <laughs> I was at the door, right in front of me was Dolph Lundgren because <laughs> Dolph was going out with Grace at the time, you know? you know, <laughs> And <laughs> he was one of the heavies in it. And he, then he had black, his natural colour, which is like a mousy colour, where he dyed it blonde later. Um, and I thought, oh, God, you know. But I didn't know he was a martial artist then anyway. <laughs> I could handle him anyway, so I'm, I'm not bothered about that. <laughs> yeah, all right. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, just we finished the thing about the the, 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 the view to the kill. And then oh, yeah. I was called, by, I was called uh, by Terry Madden, uh, and they said, we'll do a couple of weeks at Pinewood uh, on 007 stage. They said, would you mind doing it? We, we have to, we've got a few stuntmen, but we need to add up the stuntmen. And I know you're not a stuntman, Derek. Would you mind doing it? I said, yeah. So they fit us in these... Um, wetsuits and then the overalls and we weren't to be, meant to be part of Zorin's team uh you know the mind strike crew and uh then basically what I had to do after a while is I actually did a fall from literally about three feet back into the into the um the big tank with all the water's pouring here in there and obviously even though inverted commas I wasn't a stuntman they allowed me to do it and I was with Nosher and Dinny Powell in the tank and I remember talking to Nosha one day, and I said, Nosha, I said, that's Gary Powell's um, father, some coordinator. I said, I said, I'm really getting cold in this suit here. You know, it's really too much. And he says, uh, Del, you see, what you should do is uh, have a pee. You know, have a wee, wee wee, you know. <laughs> and I sort of thing. He said, when you wee, what happens? The, the, the warm wee goes all around your body and keeps you warm. That's how they do it. You know, with divers do that. I said, I didn't know that. 
And, I, and he looked at me and I, oh, he had a kind of funny expression on his face. And he said, actually, I'm having one now, Derek. I <laughs> 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 you know, uh, was a tough bloke, not Chappelle, you know, good boxer and fantastic. Um, yeah. So that was just, so I was very uh, honoured to be working uh, as a team with um, Christopher Walken. You know, I can't yeah. do his voice, but he's doing, he's shooting everyone and then we're, he's killing everyone and I'm one of the people dead. I had a float on my back, I think, quite a few days as a dead person after that scene because he shoots everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Cool stuff. And Living Daylights, tell us about that. Living Daylights, yeah. Uh, well, I was asked, um, because I got on very well with Barbara Broccoli, in fact, her and I, you know, she had to kind of like it. She kind of liked me. I know I know that. And I kind of fancied her too. And, uh, and I, I, when I first met her on the films, I, I kind of, uh, I would say, I think for, of, I just like, didn't know she was really. And eventually, because she was doing, she was a runner, basically. She wasn't saying, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm Cubby Brocky's daughter. He was just, she was just going around like normal. She's a very friendly, very sweet lady. And um, Italian, you know, Italian. So I, I, I got this call uh, to my agent, David Edwards, at Central Casting, you know, which is basically for actors as well. And they said, oh, you don't want you to this, this scene uh, and it's a bomb film. I said, right, well, I didn't know what it was called then. So I ended up turning up at, um, at Pinewood. And then they, they fitted me in this kind of grey costume. And then we did that scene, obviously... I was very lucky. I um, I had to um, pull out uh, Jerome Crab from the the pod uh, with another guy. I don't know. I can't remember who the other guy was, but that wasn't important to me because at least I got a little little part. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, they said, "Oh, you're MI, You're one of the MI6 agents now, Derek." That's what they said to the set. That's what's nice. And then Desmond Llewellyn was so nice. He, I was just chatting with him. By I was so in awe of him because I love Q and I love the Bond yeah. films, as you know. Uh, we all do, and and he, he was such a lovely man, and we were just chatting about Bond. He said, "What do I do?" And, and I explained what I was doing, you know, apart from this, and just uh, doing what I can to make an inch living. And uh, and he was lovely. And if you hear, if you watch that scene again, you, you hear he, as as I grab Jerome Crab, you hear someone say something, and he and it's actually Desmond says, "Go on then," and I actually react to him. And it's, if you hear it very clearly, I, I said. Okay, or I said something in reply, and you you got to listen very carefully because I did say something, and then eventually I had to take him up the, uh, the steps and uh-huh. almost fell because it was all very kind of slippery, you know. <laughs> and then, um, and this is the truth though, because I, I could say it was me, but the next bit they filmed in another place, so I literally up to the top of the stairs. Then I then I put. Jerome's flying uh, pr- um, uh, special parachute on, whatever it was, and then then I then we kind of send him to the uh, jump jet. That's me up to the jump jet. They had another person, I don't know who it was, who just basically puts it puts it wasn't even Jerome Crab, but they put a stunt man into the the, the 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 jump jet. So and the person sliding off was someone else. It wasn't me. I could lie about that, but I don't lie. <laughs> I don't like, uh, so I have a question for you. You said as you were going up those stairs you slipped and I it looked like you did a little bit. It so did, did is that like a multiple take thing or it was just a slight uh, slip yeah, so did it quite a few times. because uh, okay. what they did they built these uh, metal stairs. This is right. you know it was movies an illusion. They built these stairs and uh, and then so I'm running up and it's like oh you know I lost my footing because it was slippery. And I don't know how many times we did it, maybe 15 times or something like that, okay. you know, get it right. And because uh, obviously it's cut, cut, cut. But when I say the bit, when after I put the, the costume on, uh, the uh, the um, jumpsuit, whatever it is, on your own, then just when it cuts, the next cut, that last bit is someone else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, hey, Derek, didn't you say you had an uncle or something like that that was in a Bond movie also? Yeah, yeah. Sort of about with the film industry, because, you know, like Central Carson was created, um, uh, as you know, Roger Moore, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, all did supporting artists or sporting acting roles in the past, non-speaking. Uh, and and uh, obviously that's the way to get you, in those days, to get in the business. Now, my Uncle Terry, he was um, he was a very good tumbler. Uh, and he was obviously my is my through marriage my my auntie's husband and he, he was a bit, quite tough guy as well and he was one of the crew in uh you only live twice you know yeah. in, in, in scene they built that big set you know with the clap you know, with a kind of rocket goes out yeah. you know yeah. uh, okay, uh, at anyway what happened he was just uh, had, he, he was an equity member 
and also the union member, FAA, for Marks Association. But the, in those days, anything goes. So the assistant directors, uh, they came to with the producers. They said, look, we haven't got enough stuntmen coming down on, on, the, on, the, on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Parrot, what do you call it? Repelling, yeah. Huh? Repelling? No, you know, when you, you, you're on the top of the rope and you come down free fall on the ropes. Oh, anyway, on the ropes. So <laughs> uh, they needed to uh, make up the numbers. So they said, went to the people in, in the in, a, in the sporting arts and said, look, who would want a volunteer to get up there? I mean, it's a long way up. And the stuntmen, they couldn't say no to them because they just because the stuntmen were paid like a fortune each day. Anyway, so basically my uncle told us I'd do it. So him and a few other people did the uh, abseiling. They abseiled down the side, that's right, down the middle. Did it several times. And then uh, I think there was maybe a stunt rep on the the day. And he said, you're a stuntman now. (laughs) And he became a stuntman. Just like same with the people in the early days when equity, British equity like SAG, were low in numbers. They came on sets. And I knew that a lot of the best supporting artists were, were uh, you know, um, variety artists, singers, dancers, et cetera, et cetera. They would go up to them and say, oh, you a member of Equity? Oh, yes, I am. The next person, are you a member of Equity? No. Oh, yeah, you're a member now. Just to build the numbers. That's how it all works. It's all, it's all about, it's a bit like becoming one of the Hoffa organization, you know, Jimmy Hoffa. You know, it's, it's unions. <laughs> it becomes powerful. The more people that you have, the more... The, the stronger the union. That's how it works. So that's why I have this thing, you know, about, you know, what everything I've done in the business has been, has been a part, you know, I've always been featured. I've had dialogue. Sometimes I've asked for dialogue. I said, well, I should say this. Oh no, we can't give you dialogue, Derek, because you know, we're going to have to pay you more money. We've got a budget. It's all politics. You know, it's like, it sends me nuts. <laughs> I say Terry became a stunt man because of that. Yeah. And, and he, and then he went on to, uh, was it at one of the apes in 2001 a space odyssey if you see the begin sequence oh yeah 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 right um, richo is a friend of mine he's the main ape called um, moon watcher yeah. uh, he's in his 80s now uh, my, he wrote a book and um, called moon watcher and i read parts of it online and, and it mentioned my uncle terry and terry i knew he was in the movie uh he is one of the apes bending over and you know doing his bit as an ape and this real leopard jumps off onto his back they did that like numerous, I mean, Kubrick, not one, he's uh, not, not one take Kubrick. He, he does like 50, 60 takes. <laughs> so that's it. And so my uncle became a stuntman. And then he went into active pro acting and did lots of parts. It was in British cool. comedy TV shows and everything. Very cool. Very cool. But he never helped me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in I your blood. <laughs> you mentioned a, a little bit ago the, the octopusy tent scene. And that was there were a bunch of people in there, and then you also mentioned the scene where you pulled Jaron out of the the pig. Yeah, um, but you did Octopussy. You were in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, um, yeah. in a scene with a bunch of people. So, what yeah. is the how does the direction work differently when you're working in a scene where it's just a couple of you versus trying? How, how do they deal with? Okay, we've got just a ton of people here. How do, yeah, how do I, they manage that? I mean, it it, it, really, it, it really depends. I mean, if you, you know, uh, example, let me try and think of something. Obviously, in that scene in Living Daylights, it was just like me, Desmond, and another chap, three of us. So the direction was very, you know, I, mean, John, I think, I don't know if a second unit was doing that. I don't think, I don't think John, is it John, John Glenn directed, didn't he, I think? Yeah. I don't think he directed that scene. I think it could be the second unit doing that. I'm not sure. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember. Uh, but you basically you're told what to do and you just do it. And as my friend Terry Bamber, who we worked quite closely with the Bond film for many years, he said, he said to me, you know, Derek, because uh, several years ago I did a uh, thing at the, um, at the, the Directors Guild um, at Pinewood Studios. It's about assistant directors and stuff. And they asked me... Um, uh, Vic Armstrong, you know, the guy who doubles and, and is, is one of the best stuntmen in the world, uh, and Michael Stevenson, uh, one of the best seconds in the world, to do a, a talk to assistant directors about film business. So, and what he said in his letter, which I have here, he said, Derek, you always turn, you always, always on time, you turned up, you knew your dialogue or you knew your, where to be, and, and you were always very professional. So I suppose I, as an individual, on anything I did, I always made sure I did the best possible uh, thing I could. Now, with regard to big scenes like that, the one in, for example, Octopus scene, the big thing, obviously Roger's doing what he's doing. 
most of those people in the crowd, roughly the assistant director will say, look, this is what's happening. Da, 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 da. They give you a rough idea of what's going on. And most people, because we've done a ton of films before, they know what to do instinctively. Uh, and if they get it wrong, then they get, they get told off, you know. I don't know if that answers your question, but, you know. Um, yeah, it does. What, Thank you. That's my pleasure. Derek, you, um, after, you mentioned earlier on about the, your, your four Bond films that you were involved in. Which yeah. one would you say was the most enjoyable experience for you? Which did you have the most fun on? Like, let me think. Well, I find off, uh, obviously, I, I mean, Living Dialects was fantastic. Octopussy was great. Well, it depends on which situation. And on Octopussy, I met a, one of my girlfriends. That was quite nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> ding dong. Here we go. Uh, Judy Clifford, her name was. Oh, she didn't mention her name. Uh, Julie was uh, Julie. I went out with her for a while on that octopusy. But the one, uh, I think I would say uh, on Golden, I was really good. I was two weeks at Leavesden, and um, which is now the Harry Potter Studios now. I think it was great because we had uh, you know Franca, uh, and we had uh, all the the Bond girls, and uh, there was I got on very well with a woman called Miss. She was actually Miss Venezuela. So I had really lovely, lovely ladies, you know, and I was like in my element, and it was just. It was nice to work with, with a group of people because I had been out of business for a few years and I just came back into it for that year and then I got GoldenEye. It was a great experience to work on. Derek, you mentioned that you worked with PSR and Miracraft in 1980 and then a Fourth Protocol yeah. in 1987. Did yeah. you think at that point that, yes, this man could be Bond? Did uh, you have that inkling? <laughs> That's funny. No, no, you think that you could be Bond? <laughs> if you look, no, no. If you look at me and Pierce uh, in, on the mirror crack, and you can see a lot of screen caps on my website and everywhere else, you know, and the, you see Pierce, he's got this kind of bouffant hair, you know, uh, and, uh, and he's very, very slim. Uh, he's always been very slim, lucky man. And myself wearing this dark wig, you know, it was very funny. Uh, now, at the time, I wouldn't think, you know, I'd never, it, went, it never crossed my mind because it was only James Bond as far as I was concerned, which was Sean Connery, the late, great mm-hmm. Sean Connery. But, um, no, I mean, obviously, when I worked on Remington Steel and the Full Protocol, that's right, because I always get mixed those up. Uh, and, and there was room, and I knew from the, his, his standing that, you know, Pierce has been offered to the Bond, but he can't get out of contract. And I thought, yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be good as Bond, you know. So that's, that's the only time I actually thought of, because, you know, he was, I had, ru- I, you, you hear rumours about those kind of things, you know. And you, of course, you also worked with Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton. Did you get to sort of interact with those actors much on yeah. set? Yeah, I mean, the only time I worked with Timothy, it wasn't on Living Daylights, because obviously it was, different, it was a different time. Uh, he was obviously shooting other shots. and I think it was second unit I was on, I'm not, not too sure. But, uh, I mean, Tim, Timothy I met on a movie called Flash Gordon in 1980. Mm-hmm. Oh, 79, actually, yeah. we filmed it. 1979 at Shepperton, starring uh, Max von Sydow and uh, Ornella Mutti and uh, Sam Jones and several others, Brian Blessed. And, obviously, he was on that. And I, I hadn't known, I never was aware of Timothy Dalton before that point, you know, uh, before that film in 79. And when he went on to become Bond, it was great. I was quite pleased with him. So I think it was, you know, he was good. I think Living Davis was fantastic. Uh, the second one I wasn't really too sure about. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and then Roger Moore, I mean, he was always, um, last, the two films I worked with him, worked on, on, the, on the same film with him, not obviously acting with him, which is a shame. But he was um, always very jolly, always up, always making jokes, practical jokes. He was one of the boys, really, but because I, you know, I, I loved him from the Saint and even from Ivanhoe. He did Ivanhoe, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm always like, was quite in awe of him, especially the Saint. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching all of the reruns of the Saint now. Yeah, uh, so much of his bond comes from the Saint. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, tongue in cheek. See, see, Roger Moore being a Libra like myself, uh, you, know, you never take yourself uh, seriously, and you, it can be also. He was very uh, self. Um, uh, derogatory of himself, wasn't he? He always put himself down, and I'm just a piece of meat. On st- you know, he, 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 that's the way he looked upon himself. He was a lucky man. I mean, Dorothy Squires, you know, because he had an older woman, you know, who looked after him for a while, and uh, you know, he had a bit of help that way in, into the business. Um, 
being a knitwear, a knitwear model, and then he moved on to doing background work, and then obviously becoming Roger Moore. Uh, and he, he, I'm sure he felt that he was an extremely lucky man. Same with Sean Connery, very lucky man indeed. Yes. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sean came from, you know? I mean, you know, Sean uh, Connery, Milkman, from a very poor, uh, uh, from um, Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. It was Edinburgh, not Scott Glasgow. It was, it was yeah. Edinburgh. It was Edinburgh. <laughs> Edinburgh, yeah. Imagine that. And, and you know, the, the only reason he got into the movies was because uh, he was uh, working out, you know, building up his muscle with a friend of his in, in Edinburgh. And they wanted to get some beefy men for South Pacific for the touring musical of, of the Roger Hammerstein's, I think Roger Hammerstein's musical. And uh, sadly, the, 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 most of the, the guys uh, who were in the chorus line were too, because um, I've got friends who are gay, you know, but they were too effeminate. So they wanted us a few beefcakes, you know. So then that's how, and this, this, this casting guy says, would you like to come along? And then Sean's friend said, yeah. And then he said, how about you? And, you know, I went on. So he just went along for the ride. He never realised wow. that step he made uh, it, it would continue to be, I mean, he's a marvel. I mean, Sean Connery is a marvelous actor, as you know. I mean, yeah. he really done his craft, and uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm sad that he's gone now. You know. Yeah. So are we? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Because I know his son. You know, Jason was a good friend of mine. I worked with Jason on uh, Lords of Discipline when I first met him, and um, I always used to impersonate his father to him, and and I used to do used to do Jason as well. Uh, <laughs> I sent him Jason a message actually, and and he thanked me for my um, condolences about his father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, tell us about the, the non Bond stuff you've been involved in. Obviously, Star Wars. Yeah, well, Indiana Jones was one of my favourites. I must admit of of uh, that and Flash Gordon. But what I loved about it is you know uh, seeing George Lucas again after all those years and uh, meeting him, chat chat with him, and I said, look, you know, I was one of the medal bearers, you know, and he was really nice about that. And Steven, I'm meeting with Steven Spielberg, who I admire, admire as a director. And obviously having John Reese davis who I worked with on uh, Ivanhoe mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Victoria uh, and Living Daylights. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, then obviously uh, the, the, this one, um, Lost Crusade. And it was just a nice bunch of people, Danny Melia and, um, you know, fantastic. But... Um, I end up chatting with uh, Sean because obviously I'm dressed as a Nazi trooper in the, in the penultimate scene with the with the uh, chalice uh, and uh, mm-hmm. the grail thing uh, with Julian Glover Ed Petra. and uh, Alison Doddy. Doddy. Um, and uh, I remember it was right beside him one day and I said, uh, Sean, I said, uh, I didn't say, oh, I'm a massive fan, I'm James Bond. I never said anything like that. I just said, Sean, I said, I've got to tell you something, I, I uh, work with your son, uh, Jason. And he says, Oh, you, you worked to Jason, did you? Yes. And so what was he like to work with, Derek? I said, he was great. He said, he wasn't stuck up, was he? I said, no, no, he wasn't. I was like, what's he saying that for? He was, you know, stuck up like snobby. I said, no, he was, he was really, really good to work with. He said, oh, I'm pleased to hear that, Derek. I'm pleased to hear that, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then during that time we were on the film, we had a few guests uh, came on set. We had uh, Paul Hogan from a Crocodile Dundee turn up one day, and I chatted with him. Because the set was built up high, so it kind of kind of closes, and then people fall down, and at the end bit, uh, Paul Hogan was very nice, you know, just asking what he was doing. He came to see Steven Spielberg, and typical Australian, you know, very direct, you know, just came to see Steven, see how he is, you know, mate. And then one day, and funny enough, a week later, I was going to see Michael Jackson in concert in, at Wembley, and one day, and anyway, we're on the set one day, and then this is two weeks after. Uh, suddenly said, oh, Michael Jackson's coming down on set today to see uh, Stephen. Right. <laughs> so anyway, suddenly Michael turns up, all these big big bodyguards around him, you know, and he's with this little boy called Jordan, who, you know, don't know the story. So he comes up, he comes on set, and he's got that kind of typical brigade he wears, those jacket, like, you know, like Beatles kind of jacket. And he walks on, and he goes up to different people and says, hey, Michael, hey, Michael. So he came up to me and said, hi, Michael. And I said, oh, nice to meet you, Michael. Shake your hands. And Sean was right beside me. And he says, hi, Michael. He says, yes, I'm sure you are. And he <laughs> went away. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, goes, oh, yeah, he goes, yeah, I'm sure you are. And he just walked away, just turned away from him. My, didn't, Michael didn't. I mean, what could he do? <laughs> How much? <laughs> <James Bond. laughs> I, t- I, 
one superstar to another. <laughs> I, I told that story in, in Spain several years ago with Jerry Bullock. Now, Jerry Bullock, as you know, watches Star Wars, but he also was in one of the Bond films. He was in uh, Spy Love Me. Uh, Jerry cool. Bullock, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and he laughed. And he could stop laughing on stage because when I did that. Uh, yeah, sure you are, yes. Jordan <laughs> never suffered fools. If you spoke to him directly, and when I spoke to him, in fact, when I, I've got this book over here, which I've got everyone's, I've got Stephen to sign, John Reese Davis, everyone's in it, right? And there's a book called Stars. And at the front of it, I've got Danny Militzer to sign it and John Reese Davis to, to my pal Derek, because he remember from the past. And I said to Sean, as he was to sign it, I said, I've got to say something, Sean. It said, this book says Stars, but you're not in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't. He didn't look at me, and, I, and, he, and he signed to Derek all the best. And he didn't take it personally because I, I said it very naively. I didn't do it as a, you know, <laughs> like, you're not a star. But Sean, do you mind signing? Oh yeah, and he says that's okay. And he signed it for me. Very cool. <laughs> it was very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good, one of the best. Yeah. Uh, any other Star Wars stories? Uh, you were in a couple of scenes, right? Star, star Wars is the first job I ever had. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was at university at the time studying English. Uh, you know, because I didn't do particularly well at school, so I was redoing some of my, my exams and stuff because I'm slightly dyslexic. And so that kind of put me back in my career in my, as, a, as, a, as a normal career. That's why I became an actor because I was so stupid. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> I can remember lines. It's okay. So, yeah, I got a call. I was at, um, my father knew a lot of people in the business, so I got in because of him. And then uh, I got a call one day my agent they said they're doing this movie it's two weeks and you take two weeks off this is the dates roughly you gotta go down to um shepperton they're gonna polaroid you take fit into costume da, da, da. it's a science fiction film that's all he said so then i end up uh you know about a week later i got a phone call I took the time off, off uh... in the meantime i had to buy some leather loafers because they we had to have our own shoes because the budget was so s- small on star wars that you basically, um, you know, you have to wear your own underwear and socks <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, uh, and shoes. So anyway, so I turn up on the set and then I'm in the crowd and originally, and then one day I um, went on set to see the, the robot C-3PO and the rest of it. And then the assistant, very funny, Terry Madden, who's, who's the Bond assistant, uh, he said, what are you doing on set now? You should, you know, go, go back to lunch, you know, come back later. He shouted at me. I was really shy, really kind of, Upset, you know, and then he said, "Come back." So then I got chosen with a guy called Robert to be the medal bearers in that scene, uh, and then we did it. And well, Robert screwed it up because he he was he didn't he couldn't get his coordination right. Just basically walking from one place to another and delivering the medal, and it's a simple thing. I mean, I could do it uh, for no problem, uh, but he was all over the place. So he got someone else to do it, and then obviously I was, uh, you know, the other rebel guard. Um, I was picked for that because I'm so good at the other thing, which is really funny, really funny. But I got on very well with Mark Hamill at the time. We chatted with each other and, uh, you know, we found out we had the same um, date of birth. Not He's oh, much older than me. I got on very well with him and uh, Kenny Baker and um, I like Kenny Baker and Peter Mayhew, the late Peter Mayhew, uh, Chewy, Chew- Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to drink, I used to have a drink, uh, uh pub in at Shepperton lunchtime with him uh, like a plowman's night which is like a, a, a like a like a, like a long bread French bread with like cheese and stuff in it and a beer that's what me me and Pet Peter used to have at lunch times really um, and uh, yeah and then one day I said to uh, Mark let's go on there's an Oliver set there Lana Bart's Oliver which I love the musical I said bring my camera down the next day now I've got a, brown, a box a, a box Brownie is what it was. I'll bring that. So next day I said, Mark, I'm going to the set. Uh, would you come with me? And he said, come along. And he went along and Peter May followed. And we had those photographs taken together, you know, and it was quite nice. You know, I got some really quite good, which are on the internet all over the place now, but they're my copyright anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I got on very well. Two weeks at Shepparton, made a lot of money. Cool. It's a shame I haven't got the shoes still because I was offered uh, about 500 no, about $1,000 if I had them. For someone, wow. really? Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, the, the, the fans want stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I can't find them. <laughs> yeah. So, so you mentioned having to bring your own shoes for that. 
And you've worked on some really big budget movies and some movies that didn't have big budgets. So from an actor's perspective, is there a difference for you other than you have to bring your own shoes in the way those those movies get run? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, if you get, uh, you know, a lot of the films I did, I mean, even Rages of Lost Ark, which obviously I, I do audition for, which I, I didn't do because I, 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 they wanted me to be in the penultimate scene, you know. Um, sadly, I booked my holiday for Portugal and I couldn't get out of my holiday, you know. But no, if, 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 you get, if you get, for example, you go for an audition for something and then you get fitted at Burmas and Nathan's, you're in the costume, and most costumes I put on, you uh, maybe maybe start answering in another way, indirect way. When you're in that costume, if I put a 1920s on, or even was a knight in uh, you know uh, a squire or knight in uh, Ivanhoe. Once you get into that costume, you become it's a bit like it's a bit like Chekhov. It's a bit like um, Stanislavski method. Or um, I, I did uh, uh, Michael Chekhov. I did a, a three-year course in Michael Chekhov. It's actually when you put something on, you become it. You become this thing. So naturally, being a mimic, every time I was in a, in, a, on, in a movie and in a scene, I actually felt I was in that period of time. And so I think everyone, when you're fitted and, you, and you're treated with respect and you're in that scene, whether it's a dining room scene or ballroom scene, everyone knows their part. And I know from my point of view, from the people in the early days, that they were all, it was like a it was like a family, you know, it's a bit like the Bondi was like a family. And, um, I miss those days. I miss a lot of the people who've gone now, but, um, it, it really depends on the director and how the producer treats the director and what, the, how budget, uh, how the, uh, how tight the budget is and the pressures on, you know, getting it done. Did you, Thomas, did that answer your question? I mean, I, yes, I, it does. Thank you. Derek, um, yeah. Victoria. Aside for your four appearances in the Bond films, we know that you are a massive James Bond fan as well. Yeah. So, in your opinion, who should take over the role and what direction do you think the film should go in? Well, I'm not uh, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 007 and six and a half. There we go, yes. Double O Derek. <laughs> Double O Derek. Double O Derek. I like that. I was going to wear my Bond uh, bit tonight and then start taking it out and doing my stuff. No, I, I don't. Do you know what? I have no idea. I uh, There's a lot of people. Uh, I mean, even uh, Hugh Jackman at one point was going to, was, uh, they wanted him to play it. Um, or he, uh, uh, there's that guy from Poldark. Uh, which yeah, that's actually my that's actually my yeah. tip to play Bond. That's my tip. He's nice. Yeah. I can't, you know, at the moment, I can't really think of anyone. Uh, I say, I, I don't know. Just, I just let it, whatever happens, happens. The right person, they, look, Eon Productions know what they're doing. You know, Barbara knows, and, and obviously, um, uh, uh, half brother Michael, Michael G. Wilson. Michael G. Wilson. Yeah, Michael. Uh, Michael, they would, they know what they're doing. They know it's a business yeah. outfit. Uh, but uh, as I say, I, I get, get to Daniel. I know you're going to ask a question about Daniel, right? Yeah. I loved Casino Royale, and that was directed by Mr. Campbell, as you know. And it's a great movie. I mean, it's really a lot of excitement, and I love I love the whole story and everything else. But um, for me, uh, Daniel, uh, I still – and Terry Mountain would agree upon this. Uh, you know, I was talking to Terry Mountain today, Raphael from – he's like my, my father, like dad. Um, <laughs> you know, Raphael on, on Majesty Secret Service, et cetera. Not particularly well at the moment, but so I'll let you know about that another time. Um, but yeah, I, Daniel Craig, for me, when I see him and the, the way he dresses, uh, we have an English comedy actor called Norman Wisdom. So when I see him, I think of Norman Wisdom for some reason. <laughs> uh, look him up. Yeah, yeah I just, it reminds me, he's got a similar face and nose and uh, a bit like Lee Evans. He, reminds me of, he just reminds me of those, that time. But I just never... I think he was great in Layer Cake. There's a film called Layer Cake, which yeah. he worked on. Yeah. And he was, and this was like a very, almost like a Bond. Right. Oh, yeah, on that film, I thought, yeah, Bond. But then since then, I, I, I'm not knocking him too much because there are fans of his, his at the moment. But I'm quite happy to see the back of him, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> uh, because I think what they need in the future is they should go back to the, the tongue-in-cheek, you know, the, you know, Sean Cornyn, ah, 
you got the point, you know, and uh, are shocking. Uh, or, or Roger Moore when he says, uh, you know, uh, you know, he just lifts his eyebrow out. In you, like a bit of innuendo there. It needs to go. See, Bond got too much serious stuff going on in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. We've called all other jazz and what we- weapon wars and all that crap going on in the world. And so I think that we need a Bond, which is still tough. We need him to be sophisticated, charming, a womanizer, <laughs> and the, the, what usual what we used to. That's it, it, I mean, I I sound like a chauvinist now, but I like that. Because I think that was what Bond, it was written that time, you know, when, mm-hmm. when Ian Fleming wrote Bond. And as you know, he, his first choice of Bond was, was, uh, was, um, Hoagie Car- who, who Hoagie- was he based Bond on Hoagie Carmichael. Oh yeah. Hoagie Carmichael. Yeah. Right, right. yeah so, so he, that's his idea. And when he saw Sean, he wasn't too, but then he, then he adapted for, yes, he is good, you know? So, you see, Bond is from that kind of time, and I, I, I don't really like all the politically correctness associated with this uh, right. world we live in at the moment. And I think he needs to, you know, as a woman was out of order, just give her a slap, give her a slap. But in the movie context, you know, you know yes, right. but uh, not not to have um, like you got on a top, for example, you know, who fought uh, Pierce. You know, you needed those kind of tough women as well. You have got to have the balance. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. Mm. I was going to say, interestingly enough, Derek, I was talking to some Bond friends today. Uh, we think it's time that there should be another female Bond villain. Um, it is yeah, Sophie Marceau's birthday today. From yeah, uh, yeah. the world is not enough, and we were discussing Electric King. So yeah, yeah, I think it's time that there should be a, a, another mm-hmm. Bond uh, villain that's a female. Victoria, <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so can they- I'm, I'm too nice. I think we'll see a lot, a lot of strong women in Bond films from now on. I think they need, yeah. I mean, I the new villain, uh, which they is kind of vaguely based on, uh, looks like Doctor No. You know, the guy mm. who plays Selim Malik, his name is the guy in the Queen film. Uh, I, I didn't be honest with you. Looking at the makeup, the makeup doesn't look too good. You know, I, I, I don't. I mean, I really study when I watch films. I look at everything. I look at the background people. I look at everything, which most people don't look at. I think, oh, no, that guy looked at camera. He looked straight at camera. I've seen it quite a few times. And then that makeup, man, that makeup doesn't look good enough. It looks too fake. You know, you've got to get it right. It's a bit like set design, sets. When um, uh, Dying Die of a Day was out, Pierce Brosnan film with uh, Madonna, that one, that, that fence, because I fence, you know, and I, that fencing sequence is kind of good. But the set... It looked too fake. I don't know who the lighting. It's all to do with the lighting and 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 our our uh, uh, people in the UK are brilliant set designers and set makers. I mean, they used to be anyway, and that's why Spielberg and the rest of them came to this country because we we're the best at doing it, you know. But it looked fake when I see Die Another Day. I go, oh, it looks so fake. The lighting. It looks like it looks like it's in the studio. I want to be convinced it's not in the studio. I want it to be. To right. be like it's like watching the saint in the old days when they clipped to to for example to Switzerland and they went into then went into the apartment and you can see it's a set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. so, so you mentioned the old days. There's a name you haven't mentioned yet, but I understand you had a really good relationship with Peter Hunt. Can you kind of talk oh, about Peter, that? Yeah, dear Peter, yeah, I, I, Peter R. Hunt, yeah. Peter, I met Peter on a movie called. It was in 1983 at Pinewood Studios. I was standing in for an actor uh, uh, for, I was there for about, oh, eight weeks, maybe more. And I got to know Peter very well. And uh, he, you know, because he was an openly gay person, but I didn't know at the time. And his boyfriend, I think still living, Nikos. I got on very well with the guys. And Peter used to, you know, give me a lift in his car back to uh, Piccadilly. Uh, and I think he had an apartment around the area, and uh, always very, very sweet and kind. And um, over the years, up to before he died, I, I would ring him uh, in America, in Bel Air, and uh, just chat with him about movies. He liked Woody Allen, and we were talking about Woody Allen. He was saying, yeah. "Have you seen the film um, What's it called now? Man- Manhattan Murder Mystery, or what it was?" And, and he's like, "It was so funny." I had this laugh, <laughs> this laugh. He had an amazing laugh. But I said to him, I talked to him about Jules Lazenby. And I said, yeah, Jules. I said, I love that movie. It was a great story. And he said, Derek, he was a silly boy. 
And and then he was telling me, I didn't know this, but I, he told me that he edited from the very Doctor No right the way through Terence Show, all the way through to uh, You Only Live Twice. He did all the cutting. He was the editor. And he's Brilliant. so all the Bond films you see, the way it's cut, it's, it's Peter Hunt. That's his, that yeah. was his um, thing. And he actually said to Eon, if you don't give me, um, you know, a, a movie to direct, then I'm leaving. And then I gave him On the Magic of Secret Service, which is one of my favorite Bond films. Mine too. Yeah. But Peter, Peter was um, extremely nice. In fact, in 80, after I saw him in 84, he sent me a ticket, a one-way ticket. This is tr- absolutely true story. He sent me a one-way ticket to go and live with him and his friend, uh, you know, Nikos, in Bel Air. No funny stuff. Just as a because he said, because what he said to me in those days, he said, Jadari, do you know who you remind me of? I said, who? Oscar Werner. Now, if you check out <laughs> Oscar Werner, he was in Fahrenheit. Right. Lots of films. It, it was on the Voyage of the Dam today. Um, and I said, I, I can help you, Derek, because I know you have the ability. And I, you, come, you come to LA, uh, Bel Air, I will get, get some acting classes and we will get you sorted out. And, and who knows where it go from there. I could have done that. But I, sadly, I was with my girlfriend. And she said, she, oh, you can't leave me. You can't go to America. You know, I should have just been more selfish. <laughs> but, you know, he was a, he was a lovely a lovely guy. And he used to come to London quite a lot. And my friend Martin and Philip Mascheter, they had a shop called 58 Dean Street, of which John Barry used to visit in the West End, uh, mainly film soundtracks and theatre soundtracks. And, uh, you know, people would come in on, on occasion to sit, buy soundtracks or have a chat with them and, um, they knew him pretty well as well. And uh, now Peter, uh, uh, sad he had uh, that he's gone. He was uh, such a sweet and kind man, you know. Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, yeah. as an editor, a film editor, he was just brilliant. Yeah, as a as a Bond fan, it's oh like anytime I can hear about these guys, Absolutely it's great. Gracious. But he said he said he said, that, he said that you know that um, that George is a silly boy. He's a silly but silly boy, <laughs> silly boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish was, George would have done more. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he would have been. I think he would have been good in the next one. I think after he got his feet, he would have got you know done Diamonds of Forever. He would, he would have got help on because Peter helped him on the acting side. He obviously took him aside and yeah, you know, because uh, don't forget, you know, um, he was a George Lazenby was a model initially. Right. Australia he came here, did the Fry's commercial, did some other stuff here. And uh, and then obviously you know um, became Bond. And I think it was a, you know a fairly decent Bond. He could, I think he could have got into it. You know, I think he would have done. If he did maybe two or three films, we'd be talking about him. Oh yeah, well, James yeah. Lazen. You know, I know he, I know he regrets that. I know I know I know fact for fact he regrets he regrets that. Yeah, so. we regret it too. I wish he would have done three or four. Would have been great. Yeah. So, so Derek, you do you do you do voices? What are some of the other ones you do? <laughs> uh, I I could do. I could do Jack. I do Jack Nicholson. I've got the glasses in. I do Jack Nicholson. I, I do Roger Moore sometimes. I, I do whatever comes into my mind. And I do WC Fields. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like the old Hollywood actors. And uh, I am a mimic. I can do it, but I'm not. I do when it feels right to do. And I, mm. and I, I well, I've been doing It's funny. I've been doing a lot. I've been talking around the house. I've been talking to myself as Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be walking around going, yeah, sir, should we have a cup of tea, Derek? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. What should we have? Should we have a dram of whiskey? I'm not sure about that, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a shame. At least, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm up in heaven with uh, with my friend Roger. Me and Roger having a good time. Lots of ladies up there. Yes. <laughs> Around the swimming pool of God. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There you go. In fact, he was asked a question. Which I watched the other day uh, on some videos. I was watching just quite a bit. It's how would you like to be remembered? And he says, oh, I don't care. I'm not sure. I don't care. <laughs> he really didn't care. Yeah. No, whatever. No. Yeah. No, but I think, see, I think myself in my little life of film, 40 years in the movie business to a degree, I was meant to do a movie in April, which uh, never happened because of this COVID thing. It was a small horror comedy horror which I was going to appear in. It may happen next year now. Uh, and um, I'm meant to be doing this Bond uh, thing, um, which uh, I was invited to do, care of uh, Nick Felterman and Matthew Wood, who are connected with some other person. And we're doing the uh, anniversary of uh, View to a Kill at the Amberley Museum, which was meant to be in April of this year, which is gone. I was the guest of honour. 
Mm. And it would be you know, kind of talking about, you know, because it's about Zoran and because they've got, they, they filmed the mine sequence where they go into the mine with Grace Jones, etc. That scene, they filmed it there. Will happen, no doubt, maybe April 2021. Because we had about 50 American fan, Bond fans coming over to see, not see me, but to see the, the, be at the event. <laughs> you can subscribe to my, my website, which is Derek Lyons' website. Um, you can just type my name in. I'm on Instagram under Zen Lions, that's Z-E-N Lions, one word. I'm also in, on YouTube, so you can see my YouTube channel. If you type in Derek Lyons, you can see my YouTube You've channel. had a lot of fun videos up there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I've, like I've enjoyed your videos and your Facebook stuff. It's fun. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I think it's nice to have fun and nice for people yeah. to be happy. I think you know, I, I, I like to have fun. I like to, to be respected for who I am. And I will give you the most respect. And the thing is, I'm never greedy with anything, with autographs. I think I'll always give extra if I can. So I've actually got, I've got one, one more question that I wanted to ask you. It's a oh, little yeah, off topic, yeah, but sure. on the Beast Within Productions website, yeah. there is a picture of you in full splits on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple things. When, how long ago was that? Can you yep. still do that? And how'd you get up? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I can still do it. Actually, I can't. Really? Camera right set. So I'll do it here on the floor. But I, I can still do it. That was in 2008 at Judd Icon. I was on stage. I had to do a, like a Q and A, and I actually end up doing an hour singing and talking, and you know, both days, and maybe just over an hour plus. And um, and then we had about 2,000 in the audience, which was quite nice. And I said, I just said, do you think I can do splits? Yes or no? And I said, yeah, and I just did it. And they were, oh, they were like, way. <laughs> no, I still, I still can do that. You know, I used, to put, I used to be able to put both legs behind my head. I'll do that. <laughs> but that was Derek Does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other hundred movies you did. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but I, 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 can, I can still do those things. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flexible. I can't really do it now. But... That was impressive, and it looked like it was fun for the audience. Yeah, yeah. yikes. Yikes. Okay. Uh, this is good. This has been fun. Thanks, yeah, Thank you. This, so, is, yeah. this is uh, terrific. You're well, a fun guy. You're obviously a people person. We love people, yes, people. <laughs> what I like to do on this, obviously, occasion is actually like to uh, send my deepest sympathies to the, the Connery family. You know, my, my son, Thomas, actually, uh, my youngest son, his name's Thomas Sean Zen Lyons, but I named him after, after Sean Connery. Because Sean Connery's real name is Thomas Sean Connery. So I like to, you know, say on this podcast that I, you know, as a Bond fan, and obviously Sean was my favorite. And having worked on three films and met him three times, a lovely, lovely man. And my sympathies to the spirit of uh, Sean Connery uh, up in heaven with Roger now. And condolences to all the family and all the wider family in the Bond community for the loss of such a great, a great Bond. Yes, he was certainly that. Thank you. That's great. I concur with that. Thanks, Derek. This has been a lot of fun, and we appreciate you being on our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. You're a blast. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. A lot of great fun. This has been Dan Silvestri. Tom Pizzato. And Vicky Hodges. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com. As today, we were Cracking the Code of Spy Movies along with Derek Lyons. Please tell your friends about our show and give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. That helps us a lot. Thanks.